What's up guys, this is Daryl Terrell with The Real World. And today I have Catherine Lazari Franzi. Catherine Mazahari Franz. Mazahari. <laughs> Egyptian. No, Persian and Persian. Colombian. Col Whoa. Both. It's Talking nice. about double dose <laughs> of all the good stuff. There you go. <laughs> so we un we know that you own a law firm here in Oklahoma City. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, so I I'm a lawyer, of course, you know that, mm -hmm. but I um, also am a mother of four. Um, I have five-year-old twins, boy-girl twins, and um, a seven-year-old, and I have a stepdaughter. She goes to OU, so um, that keeps my life very busy and interesting. <laughs> um, I also own a law practice, so I basically have everything from, you know, discrimination clients coming in mm -hmm. to um, people basically in the worst time of their life. They're, you know, getting a divorce, they're having a child custody issue. Um, so that provides a lot of drama. Yeah. If you can imagine. That you have to mediate. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say in some regards, mediate, <laughs> and in some regards, you're just like there to give the best advice that you have, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, between children and um, work, I mean, that's quite a lot. But then, um, and then lastly, I just started kind of a little blogging business. And so that's been fun for me. And Let's dive into that. What made you want to start blogging? Okay, so um, really, you know, with this pandemic, we have <laughs> so much more time at home. Yes. And um, so for me, I kind of took that time and I said, okay, how am I gonna best utilize my time? And so last year I really started kind of out of the box thinking. Mm -hmm. And I did everything from like, I wrote articles um, for the Bar Journal. I wrote on topics that interest me. Um, I did, um, continuing education. I did some Zoom seminars. One of them was hacked. It was, what? that was a whole We gotta get deal. into that. Yeah, we'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about that later. But, um, so I did that. I, um, I started writing for um, Oklahoma City Mom mm -hmm. and their blog. Um, let's see, what else did I do last year? It was just like one opportunity after the next. And I, you know, it's, it's interesting when you put yourself out there and you really start thinking outside of the box, mm -hmm. opportunities keep coming, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kept doing. <laughs> and so um, I was really, really busy um, and I still am. So, um, so the blog kind of came as this is something that I like to do anyway. I love to search for fashion for work. And even though people are not really dressing up for work as much anymore, it's a personal thing that I like to do. Mm -hmm. and, and so I've continued to do it. And so um, we are still in the office. We wear our masks and you know, I, I have my <laughs> little mask here with the chain. And yeah, um, we're still doing all the things almost as normal, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but um, 
you know, on a personal note, that's just something that I like to do. Mm -hmm. I like, I feel most confident when I get up in the morning, get dressed, put my best foot forward. Mm -hmm. So um, anyhow, I felt as though um, this could be an inspiration for other women. Yeah. And so I started the blog and it took off in January and wow. it's still January. So, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Almost not. Yeah. And so we'll see how it goes. It's just right now it's a, it's a lot of fun for me to do. That's awesome. So how do you balance all of it? You're super busy here and you got the kids at home. I mean, where's the in-between time come from? I don't know. Honestly, I, there's people that ask me that a lot. I don't sleep that much. <laughs> That's part of it. I'm a, I'm kind of a busybody just naturally. I have a high energy level, mm -hmm. and so I wake up early. I start getting things done, and I just kind of like block out time for certain things. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a big, I'm big on like to do lists and block scheduling, and you know that kind of thing. So a lot of the stuff, it's like. I don't know how I do it. It's just, you find the time for it if you like to do it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm sure it's like working out or anything else. It's like, mm -hmm. you have to, if you like to do it, you will find the time, right? Yes, yes. I wanna dive into what you just mentioned <laughs> about dressing up. Yeah. You know, so many people during this pandemic, you know, staying at home, you know, with nothing to do. How important is it to stay keeping yourself feeling youthful, feeling good about yourself? How important is that for women in general? I mean, I don't know if, I hate to say that women have to be a certain way or don't have to be a certain way. You know, like I'm a kind of an inclusive person. And so for me, it's, this is what I do that makes me feel good, right? And gotcha. so, um, would I say that it's important for everyone? Some people are just fine and happy, you know, wearing, are. yeah, as they are, and wearing whatever it is that they wanna wear. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, as a modern woman, I like to dress up. I like that when I put on something nice, it makes me feel more confident and I feel better about myself in that way, right? And it's also like the first impression when you meet someone. That's everything. Right? And so, you know, you it's, you know, your visual business card in mm -hmm. a way, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what I would say is for, not for, this isn't as important for every woman. And so when I created the blog, I wanted to make sure to really um, pinpoint all different types. So for me, sometimes I'm in the courtroom. Right, that look right. is very different than when I just want to look like a boss Whoa. or when I, you know, <laughs> or when I am working from home. My work from home look might be super dressy from here up and from here down might be a little bit more cash, right? right. Or your business casual look. Mm -hmm. And so um, to me, I will see how this evolves and I will see kind of what other people want to see mm -hmm. when, you know, because I feel like when you create a blog, 
it's a lot about you know who's viewing it and what their input is mm -hmm. as much as it is about like the authenticity of you putting yourself out right, there right, right right so when you're talking about your blog is it more about your daily life your experiences what is what is the basis of your blog right um this is just my experience okay. this is what i what i'm putting out there is authentic to who I am. This is how I dress for work. This is how I, if I'm at home, this is what I'm, I'm going to put on. Um, if I'm doing like a business casual look, this is authentic to me. These are clothes that I would actually wear. What I'm super excited about is, um, starting next month, um, we're going to have some guest contributors and that will be other women in the workplace that will come and kind of show their style, their inspiration. That's awesome. And so I'm, I'm excited about that because I really want this to be about, this is what the modern woman's experience is. It's not just mine. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm the one starting it, right? right? Right, But to me, I think it's a lot more interesting when you include other people. I mean, I'm right. sure that's how you mm -hmm. feel with the podcast. Absolutely. It's like, getting to know other people's experiences um, and like what interests them. Why do they think something is fashionable or not? Or um, this look is easy to work with or, you know, this works and it might be, you know, easy or affordable or whatever it is. So anyway, I'm excited to, to push that out. Awesome. You know, when it comes to the modern woman, explain to people that's going to be listening to this podcast exactly what does that mean? I feel like the modern woman is a multitasker, like okay. no other, right? Like she she handles her business, she handles her kids, she handles it, period, because she has to. And so what is the ease of doing that? How do you do it in style? Right, right. How do you do it? Um, what are hacks or tricks or tips? I think when I go searching for things online, those are the things that I want to know. I want to know how so-and-so is killing it over here and mm -hmm. how, you know, um, how does she look so good? What is she doing with her skin or her hair? I want to know those things too. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just passing on that information. Nice. That's awesome. I've recently seen that you're elected to serve the board. Of, oh, yeah. And, uh, directors of Oklahoma Lawyers. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's Oklahoma Lawyers for Children. Okay. And um, it's a wonderful organization, and they um, help out so many kids in uh, the foster system and so I'm pretty excited about it and it's a pretty well-known organization so I um, I know that I'm gonna be working with a great group of people and so yeah I'm excited about that I um, am also on um, the Oklahoma County uh, Bar Association Board and the YWCA and so <laughs> we <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm on a lot of Zoom calls, let's just say. Just saying, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is it's, it's fun. I have basically learned at this point that um, 
if you're gonna take time out of your life or out of your business mm -hmm. for something, it needs to be something that you're passionate about. Yes, right? speak. You know, yes. and so um, it was something that I learned from a mentor of mine, like a while back. Mm -hmm. I was I was really busy as I always am, but I was like, gosh, you know, I'm in this particular organization, and I was like, and I just every time I go. I'm feeling like weighed down by it. And she said, what are your top five things in life? And if this is taking you away from your top five things, then it needs to be something that's well worth it and that you're passionate about. And I always take that to heart whenever I get another opportunity, right? Because like I said, some of them come rolling in and sometimes you have to say no, right? Yeah, for sure. And you have to say, you know, I'm sorry, but my interest isn't there right now or this may not be a good fit at the moment. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, if it's something that I'm truly interested and passionate about, then yeah, you know, you make time for it. Absolutely. What inspired you to become a lawyer? <laughs> Um, you know, I, my story is probably not typical, I was, I would say, because it wasn't that I always wanted to be a lawyer. I went to school and um, I went to OU okay. and I studied international studies and I thought I was like going to join the Peace Corps or do something <laughs> in international relations or something like that. And um, I, you know, I traveled a lot. I did study abroad programs. I learned different languages. But when it came down to it, I was just like, what am I going to do with this degree? And uh, for a while there, I explored like my master's program or, you know, doing other things. And what I ended up doing is um, I took a practice LSAT and I did fairly well and I was like well I guess law school could be good until my first year of law school and then I realized oh boy like this is a <laughs> lot of work right like it's not easy mm -hmm. to be a lawyer or be in law school I mean it's a lot of reading a lot of buckling down I was I want to say like 23 or 24 when I started so wow. if you can imagine at that age is a lot to ask of a young person mm -hmm. to say, okay, you're going to spend your days, you know, buckling down, studying, reading all of this text, being able to recite it the next day. Um, and so my first year was, I would say, uh, a shock and a wake up <laughs> call, right? What did I get into? Yeah. And then um, I'd say that I really got into wanting to be a lawyer. Okay. It wasn't in law school. It was probably my second year. Okay. I went to, um, uh, I got a fellowship in Washington, D.C. And I worked for a nonprofit. And the nonprofit was, um, it's called D.C. Employment Justice Center. And that's how I got into employment law too, is because um, through that organization, they're a nonprofit organization and they help out workers mm -hmm. in DC. 
And so they have clinics in which people come to the clinic and um, they would allow for um, the law clerks mm -hmm. to do um, some of the intake coordinating and um, and there, there were so many people that needed help, some people that needed help that only spoke Spanish mm -hmm. and I speak Spanish. So that was something that I could help out with. And yeah. it was everything from not being paid overtime, not being paid their wages, um, discrimination, sexual harassment cases. So from that point, I was like, oh, being a lawyer <laughs> is about helping people and I, I'm totally into helping people. So there came the connection and that's when I was like, yeah, this is for me. So yeah, it took a little while for, for me to get there. How long did it take you from the time you started until you actually graduated and started practicing? So it's a three year, three years in law school. So, okay. um, so it's four years undergrad and then three years. In Seven school. years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then you get out and, well, you get out, you take the bar. And then after that, you figure out, you know, where you can get a job. Mm -hmm. And so after that, um, I actually got a, an opportunity in Orlando. So I took off, I went to Florida. Okay. And then um, I came back a little way, a little bit afterward because I, I want to say that was like, I graduated around and, and passed the bar 2007. So I want to say that was around the time where, especially on the coasts, the economy was crashing. Mm -hmm. And so right around that time, I was like, uh, I am last to get hired. I'm probably not going to be you know, I might be on the chopping block soon, right. basically. So I um, I was like, okay, I need to come home. It hadn't quite, the economic crisis hadn't quite hit Oklahoma yet. You know, they were feeling it on the coasts, mm -hmm. but Oklahoma City was still booming. And that was like prime time, if everybody remembers, like mm -hmm. Chesapeake was yep. really booming, right? And um, so I came back and I was like, okay, um, game plan time. I need to start putting out my resume and doing interviews. And then um, eventually I decided I was gonna start my business, so. That's yeah. amazing. Let's go into what are some of the, let's go with three. What are the three things about your life that you're most passionate about? My kids, number one, for sure. Um, my business, for sure, is like my very first baby, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I like everything about um, owning a business, the highs, the lows, the, uh, you know, the challenges that come with it. I love being able to be in charge and hire like my own team. Mm -hmm. So these are the people that I get to spend time with and to kind of have control over that. Um, so that would, that's number two. Um, drum roll. <laughs> I don't know if it's drum roll. Um, let's see. The 
things that I'm most passionate about. One, two, three. Um, I just, I love the opportunity of being able to help people. And so I feel like I'm, you know, I know that I'm trying to express this in a way that is catchy, but it's really like, what are you best suited for in this life, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I feel like I'm best suited for. Like, what is it that you need? Communicate that to me and <laughs> let me see if I can problem solve and right. try to fix it, right? And if I can't, I mean, that's maybe where my personal feeling of feeling as though I'm falling short in a way is like, you know, sometimes I can't fix everything. True. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like there are some things that they just are. And so you have to accept that too. How about when you were growing up, who inspired you the most in your life? Mm. Um, I'd say <clears throat> probably two two people. The first person I would say is my grandfather. Um, he passed away at 100. He made it 200. Yeah. Amazing. And, and um, he had so many good stories. And the reason I say that is he was, um, he was a pastor in Colombia and he really fought against a lot of adversity. Mm -hmm. um, he was not Catholic. That was not, um, he was more of an evangelical uh, pastor in Colombia. And um, he was just very, he lived by his convictions. Mm -hmm. And he lived his life that way and he communicated that to, you know, his children, to his grandchildren. So it's just like a, a really big, he had such a big presence, such a, um, such a way of living where it was like, don't sweat the small stuff kind of thing. And so I really, um, I really admired that about him. And then I'd say the second person is probably my dad okay. and he's an entrepreneur and just really, um, just a really steady person and um, calculating person in a way that it's almost unassuming, mm -hmm. but he's already thought like 10 steps ahead of you before, <laughs> you know, like. That's what dad's supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> he's already, and, and sometimes, and I will say this, um, and I think this is so important for parents um, anyway, and I, and I am trying to emulate that in my kids, is um, sometimes you see something in your child mm -hmm. that they don't see in themselves. And he was always one to make sure that I knew that I was bigger than I even believed I was. And that is so important, I think, for a parent to do and to do with their child um and so i can't i have i have to interrupt because i agree with you so much yeah it's important yeah it's not 
for me, it was important. There were definitely moments where there's still moments or like there's, you know, where there's self-doubt and mm -hmm. there's, you feel as though, um, you know, whatever you dream or whatever you think is too big for you, mm -hmm. right? And um, I'd say that, you know, for a parent to believe in you in that way, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, you know, the special sauce. It's like, mm -hmm. you know? And so I hope that I'm doing the same thing for my kids every day. I'm like, you could be everything that you want to be, you know? <laughs> And I'm sure they're listening to every word you say. I hope. I <laughs> they hope. better be. Right. You're such a classy lady. Oh, thanks. What are some of the misconceptions people may have about you? Mm, well, I'm also very direct. Okay. So I would say, um, you know, the thing is, is that communicating is sometimes about truth telling, right? And so, I like that. And so it is a, an effective communicator. And I will say that, look, sometimes I fall short too, right? Mm -hmm. Is an effective communicator knows how to tell the truth and with finesse, right? And I'm not always that way when I'm direct, right? Sometimes right. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking and here's why. And sometimes that doesn't come out, you know, as sweet as honey, <laughs> but I try. And you know, I, that's, that's the thing in our industry. It's about, I think what people want and what it is about is about being authentic. And um, the bottom line is, is that whether you accept it or not, the truth is the truth, right? Yeah. Some people think there's versions of it, but not me, <laughs> right? Not me either. You know, people think that if you become a lawyer, you automatically become wealthy and you're super successful. <laughs> is that so? Um, I would say no. I'd say there is so much to being, it's, Okay, let's just talk about from the from the beginning. Um, law school is super expensive. Mm -hmm. Okay, and your average student is going to have loans, and they're gonna need to pay those off. And uh, so there's that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. There's also the aspect of starting your own business. If you start your own business, you need to be able to work and invest back into that business. And so it's not just about practicing law and collecting money for, from a client. It's mm -hmm. also, how do you pay your employees? How do you pay to keep the lights on? Mm -hmm. How do you pay for the copies that need to be made? Um, I'm trying to think of really everything else that goes into the practice of law. There's so many different things. There's practice management software and all of this stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's um, for me as a business owner, like half of my job is really the management and operations. Mm -hmm. And then the other half is lawyering. And, you know, thank God that I have a really good 
good team of associates and of other, you know, of support staff. Mm -hmm. Because, but I am always thinking that I have to pay them. They have to eat. Mm -hmm. They have to go and feed their families. And, and so it's not just about yeah, you're acquiring wealth and it happens immediately. There's so much that goes into it. There's so much hustle. There's so much um, showing up at places, even if you don't want to, if you're <laughs> tired, you know, there's work and there's work at times when, you know, you don't want to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's what comes with being a business owner. That's the sacrifice that you make to then later on have freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's times where I've been sick and I'm still like, I gotta finish this brief, <laughs> like, you know? And I just, guess what? Nobody's gonna come to my rescue. It's just me doing it. So, I mean, that's just kind of what happens. But I will say, the other thing I'll say to just add to that is, um, just for anybody else that wants to start up or open up a practice, probably the first three years of my practice. I mean, I this was before I had kids. Mm -hmm. I was barely paying myself. That is the next question I was going to ask you. Yeah. How I mean, long did you go without you making money? So to, I mean to be where you are today. So I been in practice for myself I'd say what 12 years maybe um, probably the first three years it was really yeah it was I make I make sure that I make enough money to pay my people first mm -hmm. there's sometimes when I go without a paycheck mm -hmm. there's sometimes when um, you know I am just taking very minimum and I'm putting it back in and I could do that at that point I didn't have children um, it was just me at that time right um, and there is I I was in my late 20s when I graduated um, law school so I mean still you, so young. yes you know it was you know you're still young you still have that hustle in you you have like that energy like to stay late, wake up early, you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, a 12 hour day is not um, unheard of at that time. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I put in that time, I put in that time during that period of time and, um, and I sacrificed not getting a paycheck many times. And that was fine because you have to pay yourself less as an investment and in what you're going to get later. Let's go off of that. You know, you for three years you didn't make hardly any money. Mm -hmm. What type of character did that build within you, knowing the responsibility that you had around you with other people, making sure your lights were on? Mm -hmm. What character did that type of character did that help build in you at such a young age? Um, I think if anything I mean you do learn a work ethic you also have I mean when you start 
when you start any business, there is a level of risk that you're willing to take on, right? You have to be a little bit of a risk taker. And I knew that going into it. I'd say the other thing that has helped is having this kind of cautious optimism that Interesting. everything is going to work out. <laughs> right we've we've come through a challenge we have a dip uh but we're gonna get through this mm -hmm. and i think you know when you're a business owner you're also a leader and you have like you have that uh quality that you kind of have to um, you have to bring out in other people that it's yes. going to be okay, right? Mm -hmm. And that you're you're safe here, and we're going to get through this together. And so, um, I don't know that I answered your question, no, I think but you, I'm, I, I'm I, just... I think you totally did. I think that, you know, when you are a leader and people are relying on you, not only is it such a huge responsibility upon you, yeah. but it just teaches you further down the line, this is what it's like to be a boss. Yeah. This is what it's like to have employees that are here every day that are happy to be here. And, and to add to that point, it's each year I'm getting better at it, right? Because this is all a process. You start out, you're like, well, I guess I'm employing some people. <laughs> I got a lot of work. It's got to get done. And then as you go along and you get into the process, you start to think, okay, what motivates my employees? Mm -hmm. Who are the types of people that I'd like to hire? Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like young, old, this, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do these people share the same values or passion for what you are doing? And these are things that I had to learn. Look, I've hired people before, great attorneys, but maybe didn't have the same passion for what we are doing and what we are trying to accomplish. So whatever that value system you have for your business, mm -hmm. your employees have to buy into that too. Yeah. So now even when I'm doing interviews, I'm also asking, I need to know, do you have a heart for social justice? Otherwise, this may not be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. And look, there are plenty of attorneys out there. There are plenty of people that, look, give me a job, you know? <laughs> you know, it's like, there's plenty of people in this space. Right. And excellent attorneys out there. But if you don't believe in the brand, you don't believe in what we're pushing out there mm -hmm. and you don't understand that for us um, service is a big thing mm -hmm. then you're just not going to be happy here and so it's about them having a good fit and also us having kind of a harmonious workplace that's right? important yes so anyhow let's let's go into your process of hiring some what do you look for i know you told me how their character how their attitude yeah. or their 
work ethic should be. What do you look for when someone comes in and I want to work for you? Um, as an employer, some of the things that I look for is um, humility. That's that's a hard thing to read over Zoom, I will say, because <laughs> the and, and I will say that comes kind of in conversation as well, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I'd say another thing that I look for is, um, you know, a sense of ethical obligation. This is not someone that's going to cut corners or hide something from me or not tell the truth. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm not that type of lawyer and I don't want that type of lawyer working for me. You know, we are straight laced and we want, yeah. And, um, so that's another thing. Um, and then, I mean, kind of going back to the last thing, it's just like, I want them to have a passion for what we are doing. We are, I mean, this is going to sound cheesy or cliche, but we are changing the world. We are changing lives here. There are people coming to us at the worst point in their life, and we have a responsibility to change those lives. Can we do it every single time? Maybe not, but we can try our hardest, you know? And, um, and that's really that space of what we're putting out there. And, um, and, and they have to buy into it because that's the organization. <laughs> that's you know? how it is. <laughs> that's what we're putting out there, yeah. You know, you, you, you speak about all the different things that you do, that you're involved with, your family, your kids. Who has your back when you're going through life? <laughs> well, well, my husband, of course. He's, okay. he's certainly the man behind the magic sometimes, I say. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's this one, uh, I post on Instagram and that kind of thing. There's this one post where during the pandemic, you know, we're not going out and getting our hair done. And here he is like painting my, my gray hair <laughs> in the background. You know, I mean, you have to have a great support system behind you. I'd say he's, he's definitely a part of it. Um, uh, you know, if I can't go and get the kids or if I have to be at another event or do something he's the one who's you know there? who's there um I'd say the other thing is just having my family close by has been amazing we um moved out I'd say we were in the country but we're like in North Edmond and um just having them so close is is really really such a blessing and like you know it's it can be difficult mm -hmm. three small children that is not for the week <laughs> okay no. but um yeah to have you know um my kids call them abuela and papa to have them like close by is is just such an amazing help and then um i'd say lastly is really building a support system of strong people
people around you. And I say people, I mean, I have a lot of female friends mm -hmm. and whether it's, you know, professionals or other lawyers, but it's not just that there's other, you know, even male professionals that have been, that they have your back Yeah. and you build those relationships and really those relationships matter. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, they matter in so many different ways. They can give you business, but they can also give you just support, mm -hmm. you know? And I think even in this environment of we're so isolated, right. you need to have people around you to really lift you up. Yes. Yes, that's so important. I think so many people, you know, with the way that the world is currently, you know, they're doing it all their own and they don't have anybody. And I can see why so many people are, you know, during the pandemic, suicide rate was so high and um, divorce rate was going through the roof and just so many different things, people just wasn't able to either communicate or get yeah. through certain hard things to help build the relationship and support with each other. And, um, so uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's so important to have positive people in your life that's going to show that support. That's how you're really going to stay afloat and be present forward. Right. I mean, I think if it's not, and I, I to add to your point about, you know, so many people getting a divorce, I, I'm of the opinion that there might have been some issues there beforehand right right I agree with you but when you're isolated in that environment and you don't have um, kind of anybody else to help support you mm -hmm. um, or anywhere else as an escape mm -hmm. it really amplifies whatever the oh, issue yeah, is sure. and and we saw that you know I, I told you I'm uh, on the board for YWCA seen um, a lot of cases of you know domestic violence where mm -hmm. you know there are victims but maybe they're not reaching out like they used to because they're they're not able to kind of escape or have um, a, somewhere to go outside right. of that kind mm -hmm. of isolated environment mm -hmm. so yeah unfortunately that is the world we're, we're living in and hopefully it will change soon. It will, it will. Let's go into your fashion aspect here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what are the top brands that you love shopping for that oh, fits you? Oh goodness. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what are my top favorite brands? Um, I love, um, Okay, so I am not a small woman, okay? <laughs> I am, you know, 5'9", size 12. Like, I am, you know, not in the single digits anymore, okay? So, um, but what I like that fits me generally are brands like, I mean, Lafayette, 148, like New NYC 148. Mm -hmm. I mean, things like that. They're brands where um, they are made a little bit more for women's bodies yes. that 
have gone through the changes <laughs> of, of childbirth, let's say. I mean, and um, they're just for like a little bit more of a mature woman. I don't know. That's that's my take on it. But I, I'm not loyal to just one brand. I mean, there's a, there's definitely some amazing clothes from like Black Halo and you know, there's some other brands that I, for whatever reason, it's not coming to my head, but, um, but what I would say is, it's just like, sometimes it's just going in there and trying it on and it doesn't have to be the most expensive thing. Right. It's just needs to be something that fits you and makes you feel comfortable with yourself, you know? I like that. So any of you ladies listening to this, it's okay to be dressed up during the week if you have nowhere to go. So <laughs> if you have no, nowhere yeah. to go, or if you're just on Zoom. If but. you're just on Zoom, so <laughs> just putting that out there, it's okay. So where can people find you? Tell them your social media, your your um, your website. Tell them the whole thing so people know where to find you at. Okay. Um, so, if you need a lawyer for anything, um, <laughs> Mazahari Law Firm, which is like my my website, and Mazahari Law Firm is my Instagram and uh, my Facebook page. And then, if you are interested in seeing what we're doing in fashion and women's wear, uh, <laughs> Maz Modern. M-A-Z Modern. And so we have a blog, it's massmodern.com, and Instagram page and Facebook page. So. That's awesome. Before we go, I wanna ask one more question. It really has to do with the country right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of things has transpired before um, we went into a new presidency. Mm-hmm. What does this country really have to do to feel like we're happy again? Oh, goodness. <laughs> the million-dollar question. The million-dollar best for we, last. How do, we, how do we have world peace? Um, honestly, I'd say a big portion of why there are so many issues right now is that we're not listening to each other and we're not communicating well. And um, that's, that's just on a basic level. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if we go back to the basics of respecting each other, listening to each other, mm -hmm. being nice, mm -hmm. you know, like communicate, and try to resolve issues. I mean, so uh, that's just a basic level. Mm -hmm. I for sure do not have the answers to this because some of the things that I see and hear every day are shocking. And um, does it surprise you though? I don't know. Some things do. <laughs> some things. Some things do. But. Does it surprise me? Um, I think that what's going on in the world today, 
um, it's it's really historical and truly, I think um, we're going to you know I think we'll get through it that's just my cautious optimism talking but I think we have to get through it together and like I said just going back to those basics of respecting each other and listening to each other and trying to resolve issues trying to resolve issues trying right? to resolve issues and that's how I'm going to end today's podcast trying to resolve issues, listening, communicating properly is how we're going to have a safe um, and a better world. So you heard it from Catherine. I hope you guys have a blessed day. Thank you for showing up. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It was absolutely awesome. So great. And guys, if you need a lawyer, here she is. So this is today's podcast. This is Daryl Terrell with The Real World, and we're out.